0: Bourbon
1: and Blondes, our podcast about enjoying bourbon, having an honest conversation, and empowering women to tell their truth. Hi, I'm Abby.
0: Hi, I'm Elena. On each episode, we start with a tasting of a bourbon of the day, and then we talk about ourselves, like every good podcast. We will have a word of the episode and allow the discussion to unfold from that. We hope you enjoy. Cheers! Cheers.
1: Okay, let's just get right into it. We are going to be tasting the Old Forester 1897 bottled in Bond. Old Forester is one of my personal favorites. Um, so, Elena, how are we supposed to taste a bourbon? So, a good way, or
0: however you prefer, but a good way to uh, taste your bourbon is to put nose to the rim of the glass. And when you go to smell um, the nose of Old Forester, Make sure you keep your mouth open um, just a little bit so don't have a closed mouth because when you go to breathe it in, uh, breathe it in through your nose and the mouth at the same time. Okay.
1: Let's give it a shot. Let's see what we can smell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I get a little bit of a vanilla. I get some spice, spiced fruit. Caramel. Yeah, sure. Caramel.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a pretty caramel color.
0: So after that, um, go ahead and. Take a little taste sip, and then swish it around your mouth. Kind of have all parts of your mouth taste it. I can only imagine what that sounds sounds like on the microphone.
1: <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed it. So um, oh,
0: interesting. Sometimes, okay. depending on the bourbon or your preference, the first sip can um, can make you grimace. Be a little harsh. Yeah, could be a little harsh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's but, probably the alcohol content. <laughs> Go ahead and um, make sure you get like two, three more sips in there. Okay, before I tell you what I taste, Mm -hmm. I remember going on a a tasting in Louisville. They said that sometimes you can taste different notes with each tasting. I don't know. I I was told
1: one time that depending on your life experience, you're going to taste things Mm -hmm. differently than the person next to you. Well, if it's both of us, (laughs) we should be tasting the same thing. (laughs) I taste
0: failure. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I taste, taste fear and vulnerability.
1: <laughs> oh boy, are you guys ready for this? Because no, in all seriousness, so it is a bit of an intense taste. Um, it is 100 proof, um, but it you get a little spice. You get like a little light oak. Yeah, a little well, oaky. Well, I mean, it's aged in an oak barrel, so I'd be. there's that. <laughs> Be where you getting that oak flavor from. <laughs> Can't imagine. Yeah. the The finish is supposed to be big and bold. How do you feel about that?
0: I think it's delicious. I think it's an easy drink. It's so smooth. It is. It is so good. Mm. And it, it's. I, I think it's a little sweet, honestly. I mean, like a
1: little. Just, yeah. Just, just a, a little. Snitch. Just a little hint. A little a hint. So, what do you know about it being called the 1897 bottled and bond?
0: So Bottled and Bond Act of 1897 required whiskey to be the product of one distillation season,
1: one distiller, and from one distillery. Mm -hmm. So Bottled and Bond Act, it required bourbon to be basically a sealed in quality process. And Old Forester started that in 1890, so they were a little ahead of the curve. But this blend, their 1897 Bottled and Bond is blonde play <laughs> on <Oops, laughs> words um they're bottled and bond their 1897 bottled and bond is their homage to the bottled and bond act and the law requiring bourbon to be what bourbon
0: is so um this bourbon is 100 proof mm-hmm. don't me- need much to get you to where you need to go maybe just like five sips <laughs> Or five drinks. We'll, we'll see, see if we make it to the end of the podcast.
1: Yeah, for we slurring our words, don't judge.
0: <laughs> um, the mash bill on this is uh, 72% corn, 18% rye, and 10% malted
1: barley. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It's pretty high corn mash. Yeah. That's probably where the sweetness right. comes from. Yeah. So, fun fact about Old Forester. They, this is an homage to Abby Devereaux, they were... Um, named Old Forester based on one of their customers who was an accountant, um, Hmm. George. I think his name was George. I don't know. His last name was Forester. That's the point. Um, But in my opinion, my favorite thing about them is that during Prohibition, they renamed and rebranded the company into Brown Foreman. They applied for and received a federal license that allowed them to continue producing and distilling throughout Prohibition, but for medicinal purposes. So... It's the kind of medicine I like. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If my doctor could prescribe bourbon to solve my problems, I'd be so much happier. Just kidding. Since this is our first episode, we wanted to give
0: you a little background on us, the blondes behind bourbon and blondes. Oh, scary. Yeah, a little bit about Abby to start off.
1: Okay. Um, Well, let's see. I'm just going to use a few descriptors to explain this. I am loud, (laughs) I enjoy numbers, I'm very funny. Um so hopefully you pick up on that throughout this episode. Um I'm a very genuine person. I'm compassionate. I read the Economist and the Wall Street Journal and I read a lot of books. I'm aiming to read 24 in 2019. I like, I like way there. I like so picture pumped. books. Punk. Like- <laughs> oh, literally. <laughs> um but don't worry. I'm not above watching trash reality TV. You know you got to keep yourself humble. Um <laughs> I, uh, one thing to know about me is that I strive to understand the parts of this world that are not like me or the community I was raised in. I fully believe that understanding others will lead to knowledge. Knowledge leads to power and power gives you the opportunity to make a change. Um, and I have been striving to make positive changes for a long time now. Doing a good job. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Bourbon induced, but I mean, it's fine. You know. All right, <laughs> Elena, let's hear
0: it so a little bit about me i'm uh i have about a thousand jobs if you ever (laughs) ask me um i'm always running all over the place like a chicken with her head cut off (laughs) (laughs) um i (laughs) true true facts she's Um, never on time either nope never will be i'll be late to my own funeral um (laughs) with how i'm drinking it may be sooner than later (laughs) Carbon's good for you. <laughs> um, so I am a full-time assistant. I'm an event planner. I'm a travel photographer, a wedding photographer, a portrait photographer, and now a podcaster to add to the list. Um, my main passions are world traveling, event planning, and I really enjoy uh, connecting with people, learning their story, hearing their struggles, and expanding my knowledge and compassion for them. Yeah, um, agree. I t- I would say I'm genuine as well, mm-hmm. and, uh, and when we say genuine, we we mean brutally honest. <laughs> but it's what you see is what you're going to get too. Yeah, it's 100%. not like um, some facade of, you know, what A cute little blonde. No, no, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no. It's aggressive. <laughs> it's
1: <very> aggressive. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know. if you want to hear about how aggressive we can be, Elena's going to tell you how we met.
0: <laughs> so. Um, so, we met about six months ago, mm-hmm. and I had a birthday party for a friend of mine, and Abby shows with a, a mutual friend of ours, and she just, she's like, comes in like a bat out of hell, <laughs> <laughs> and she's, she starts picking one guy off the couch after another, and she's just like, come to the floor. Come dance with me.
1: <laughs> Look. She, like, fishlines love- them. <laughs> Look at their catch. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> um no i love dancing and i love and latin salsa dan- dancing. Yeah, latin dancing it was somewhere. a like latin club here in st louis which is very strange i'll admit but it was fun yeah so elena decided that at that moment um we were gonna be best friends yeah it's gonna happen and uh now we're starting a podcast and a blog, and I don't know what this is going to be, but yeah, uh, hopefully we're something great. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I took about 45 boomerangs of you that night.
1: <laughs> I couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> oh, no. We're going to let those boomerangs hide on your old phone.
0: Don't worry. I have them <laughs> saved to the
1: cloud. Everything's in the cloud. <laughs> the best part about us sitting here recording this podcast is that neither of us really understand how we got here.
0: Yeah. No, we don't remember that pivotal moment were we sitting at brennan's
1: it's a it's a high possibility (laughs) so So brennan's is the st louis like whiskey bar they've got ping pong in the basement cigars upstairs and i think we were just sitting there like hanging out working talking and we were like oh my god we're so funny we have so many important things to say i mean i'm saying this like facetiously but (laughs) we do have important things to say that we want to share with you guys after you get to know us but um Yeah, and And then then you came up with the name for sure, and I was I
0: was (laughs) I was in disbelief (laughs) that we found the website that it Mm. hadn't been taken Mm -hmm. yet. That actually was a surprise, dumb luck. So
1: (laughs) story of literally dumb (laughs) blondes. Just kidding, just kidding. Okay, let's get to the word of the episode before we just talk about ourselves forever. Um, The word of the episode is beginnings. Um, Alina define beginnings and what it means to you so beginnings to me
0: means exciting new but something else I wanted to think about kind of like not keeping on the whole positive you know happiness s- side of things yeah mm-hmm. is beginnings provoke fear and Ooh, yeah and like kind of the things you think about is like the first day of a new job or the first day of a new city like anxiety
1: almost like, yeah oh my god what is about to happen first date any of those that <laughs> I'll just drink enough bourbon and the date's gonna be fine.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that okay, is, that on. is my attitude on it. If you ask me to go get coffee, I have bourbon in my coffee. <laughs> no judgment here. <laughs> so um, I think that fear sometimes hinders a lot of new beginnings and willingness to try something new. Mm-hmm. I know for me, um, I I always wanted to create an online forum like what we're doing here. Yeah. And if it wasn't, you know, for, I so yeah, I, I, I a created a domain called lenses and luggage about three years ago, had the idea before I went to a Belize with a girlfriend of mine, I bought the domain in the morning when I was at the airport and I sat on it for like a year or two years before I even started building the website and the website was too hard and it was too difficult. And I was using WordPress and I finally so switched over to Squarespace. Yeah. And you're your own obstacle. Like that was the biggest mm-hmm. problem. So when we came up with this and I knew that. Abby was so strong in a lot of areas that I wasn't. Um, it made it made this this process easier,
1: but I think... It made the beginning of Bourbon and Blondes less scary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Cool. But, I mean, it is easier going into it with two minds that work very differently, but complement each other. I agree. Still, you know, you still have a little bit of fear going into yeah. it and questions and, uh, and an inability to use uh, technology. Yeah. <laughs> We were on a struggle. This was an hour and a half in the working <laughs> to, uh, get to get to the this microphone store. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Yeah. We need a tech guy for yeah. free. So if you like if bourbon. anyone
1: knows technology <laughs> and you love blondes, we provide bourbon.
0: <laughs> we uh, we will send you the address. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so creepy. <laughs> that is creepy. <laughs> okay. So um, Oh, dear. Yeah. So. I guess, um, so I would say, say that with beginnings, you also need action mm-hmm. because the inability to start something, you know, is, is a commitment issue. And if you, because once you start something, you have to be committed. So pe- most people, I heard on a, um, a podcast earlier this week that most people start by stopping. Ooh. So, so if you have to have commitment, you have to have, you know, beginnings. If you mm-hmm. want beginnings, you have to have commitment to it. Yeah, stop no
1: stopping here. <laughs>
0: don't stop, won't stop. Can't stop. So what do, what do, uh, what do beginnings mean to you, Abby?
1: Well, full disclosure, I have ADD. So for me, I don't really know it's a beginning or I'm in the beginnings of something exciting until it already happened. So I skip that step of fear. I'm just like full steam ahead. I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, i don't i don't if you guys ever go to our website it's like my bio is like i'm always just as surprised as everyone else at what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) so beginnings for me are like they're almost a time of like self-reflection because with bourbon and blondes i'm like yeah let's do it and then we're like building a website and doing the podcast and i'm like holy crap why is this so much work it's better work out. it better pay off um but nothing's ever a guarantee. That's the that's the right. scary part, right? And you have so much opportunity to screw up. But I think if you're very much like me, even if you do have the fear and you're just like, you know what? At one point, I wanted this. At one point, I thought this was a great idea. Let's see if I can surprise myself. Let's see if I can do it. And I mean, it's as simple as like cooking breakfast every day for the week or starting a podcast. I mean, there's plenty of options. Um, but... There's plenty of uh, excuses
0: too that hinder most right? people. You know, you you tell people and they're like, "Oh man, you know that sounds awesome." And it's like I did this for so many years of hearing people that like created an online business. Yeah, and this is something that me and
1: me and Abby are looking at at wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And Just like diversifying outside of a podcast because I mean, our listeners are great. Once we have them, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to sound really cool, but I was like, yeah. we don't have listeners. <laughs> Except my iPhone right now. It's the only um, listener. No, but I think a really cool thing to like tie back into Old Forester is the prohibition thing. Well, they were distilling for a very long period of time. It was a solid family. They had a family business, and all of a sudden, no more alcohol. Mm-hmm. So whether or not you're actively seeking a new beginning or the government's like, uh, you're funny, no more – I mean, they adapt it. They figured it out. They're like, okay, well, we can't or distill it to sell to customers, but can we distill it for the government or for medicinal reasons? Is there a way to create a beginning around this? And is they that, did. Is that the sp-
0: inspiring part where you hear stories like this, and that's what like lights your fire, and you're like, yeah, I can do anything. Like it mm-hmm. is possible, and it is. You can. You know, but yeah, it's sometimes finding a gap, but you don't know where that gap is. You don't know where that need is. You don't know who your audience is till you begin.
1: Right. And like we have no idea if anyone's going to listen to this podcast. No, we think we're cool. We think we have valuable things to say. We're drinking. We're blonde. So there's <laughs> got to be somebody who's going to listen to this. But I will
0: say that as many people are on this earth, you have the ability to make an impact. Mm -hmm. Even if it's one person, if you think that you don't have the ability to impact at least one person, you are wrong.
1: So find your beginning and make an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And like. Yeah. very. We're just going to segue right into all the cool women who started distilling. Yes. Yeah. So they made an impact because you're drinking bourbon, you're listening to us drink bourbon. And that, ladies and gents, came from women.
0: Yep. So we're going to kind of end out the segment by talking about some of the history. Uh, I was reading through, Abby had a book called Whiskey Women, the untold story of how women save bourbon, scotch, and Irish Irish whiskey. <laughs> 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 so, that's that five sips. It's got me in. <laughs> Under proof. <laughs> um, and uh, so we'll have a link. Um, to the book on
1: the blog and the podcast, yeah, so you I mean, guys are able to find it. Um, it's a great book, it's written very much like a history book, so it took me probably like a year to read it. But, um, it's a little bit of a snoozer, valuable but- <laughs> information if you're is. like pro female and pro distilling,
0: like us, yeah. So, uh, when we were kind of talking about how to end out this segment, um, Abby mentioned, you know, why don't we talk about uh women. And I didn't even think about. I thought about women, you know, as early as the 1900s, maybe late 1800s, but the um, so way before the industry did triple um, distillation and steam-powered engines, mm-hmm. just Gosh. in four thousand BC, a <laughs> few Casual. few few years ago, few, Jesus. few years ago, um, the Sumerian uh, women invented the first step in creating whiskey which was was creating beer Mm. so um for those who don't know um samir is the earliest known civilization in the historical region of mesopotamia Mm. fancy modern day southern iraq iraq
1: which is ironic because now that region is not really drinking
0: nope (laughs) not so much not these days thank you thank you for your (laughs)
1: gift (laughs)
0: Mildly insensitive. (laughs) (laughs) I have not been to southern Iraq, so I can't actually speak for that. But I think that's probably a fair. I think that's probably fair. It's a
1: generalization, so I apologize. But it's well. I mean,
0: heavy. You know,
1: Muslims. Um,
0: traditional Muslims don't drink.
1: Did you read the part about how um, at the Metropolitan Museum in New York, there's a uh, tablet that states brewers' craft is the only profession uh, Mesopotamia which derives divine protection and sanction from a goddess-hmm literally brewing and fermenting grains is a goddess ritual so you're welcome two female figures on the Roman
0: pantheon um I had googled a little bit about their names and stuff I, they were she was a daughter of an even like more famous goddess I I started digging into this Wow could you imagine being of a goddess lineage <laughs> I'm pretty sure we are. <laughs> You ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So so, 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 (laughs) Sumerians used beer for religious rituals, medicine, and just for drinking. My favorite fact Mm. that I found was that according to plaques um, found thought to be found in uh, 2550. So 2550 to 2400 BC, Women sip beer during the sorrow of funerals and for enjoyment of intercourse. So it looks like something hasn't changed over thousands wow. of years. <laughs> it literally said it in the book. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying.
1: So so what you're telling me is that women used fermented grains to um, alleviate the pain of death and to have sex, like to enjoy sex more. Yes. Wow. I think there was a word
0: orgasm used in there, but I took that out for this podcast. Yeah, PG. Um,
1: <laughs> I mean, that's in fascinating book, because if you think about it, the more you drink bourbon, less inhibitions, more yeah. exciting time in the bedroom, life you is know, good.
0: Yeah, you forget about the dead people you've lost, I guess, as well. I mean, so, they're always there. They're haunting you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Egyptian women uh, also made beer. Uh, goddess uh, Hathor was wait Thor. There's a female Thor. That's uh, that's Hathor. Does okay, cool. Yeah, and I, pref- uh, I wait. Appreciate- they call her the
1: Mistress of Intoxication. Yeah, that's my new. That's on my business card now. <laughs> Elena Ingram, Bourbon and Blondes co-founder, Mistress of Intoxication. We would get a lot of events booked that way. Oh uh, yeah, I think that would get that baby
0: be negative. <laughs> um so her temple was known as the palace of drunkenness which i'm pretty sure i'm going to rename my street after that Let's just
1: name the house after it
0: i i love that idea great uh i i remember on my hike a few years ago uh in, in peru i was hiking machu picchu for like three or four days and um they talked about the guide was talking about in peru um 1600 to 1000 not 60 i'm sorry 600 to 1000 ad women made the drink called um chicha from fermented corn brew corn is like a huge like maize is all over peru mm. um and women milled sprouted uh corn kernels and ground them with uh stones and then placed the milk corn in vats for boiling and the mash was transported to a fermentation area separate. This is wild to think, given the fact that I hiked through this, that they had like I mean, they had their own like villages and areas. Yeah, but like no motors. Right. Like to think like, that did they, they had, carry it? Yeah, I I I don't know. I would imagine, yeah, that they had to transport it unless it was like Look, in a system. I will
1: work for bourbon, but I will not carry the grains. I mean through in Machu Pichu
0: to To have it age in a fermentation area—that's wild. And then I don't know what the temperature is. Like, over was there. it
1: expensive? You think for all of that manual labor? I mean, they, I mean, they Probably built no villages
0: money. on the side of mountains, That's so I guess
1: they've done whatever
0: crazier things. Okay, but, let's
1: talk about distilling apparatus. Yeah, so because uh, that was also invented. We are like pro female right now, and
0: I'm loving it. Yes, all the women that have been involved in whiskey over the thousands and thousands
1: of years. Um, what is we're it? Just we're just not gonna talk about all the women who ran distilleries who ran them into the ground. We're gonna skip right over that and talk Doesn't about Doesn't matter. We, no, we're not gonna talk about all the men who did it either. So it'd probably Fair. be a longer conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. Um
0: so I think it's Maria, I may be botching her last name. Um Habria. Sure. A a uh alchemist who was first written about in the fourth century was credited for building the first distilling apparatus. The apparatus was called Alambic Uh, Still. It's a still used in some parts of Europe to make brandy and whiskey, and the model for stills are still used today in the foothills of Appalachia, where people continue to make moonshine.
1: God, moonshine's great.
0: It is delicious.
1: So, whiskey companies, fun fact, are selling what they call White Dog, which is the alcohol straight off the still. That's not aged. So it's like mm. the pre-whiskey. That sounds real strong. Yeah, it does not. it's not nearly as flavorful as this beautiful forester <laughs> I've been drinking today. <laughs> I can only imagine. It's like you take a sip and you're like, oh no. <laughs> this, <laughs> like is, it hurts. this is burning.
0: Yeah. It's like a bad vodka. In- so we are
1: very, very thankful for the beautiful oak that most likely came from Missouri. Um, that is responsible for the aging. Yeah, it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, final thoughts: beginnings, old forester, women being responsible for the distilling art. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I don't
1: know. My apartment's mm-hmm. gone, so I think
0: it's a good time to end the episode. I think it is too. So we uh, want to thank all the women who have been doing their thing since the beginning of time. You're a badass, and we, we love you for it. Yeah. and um, Respect. And this drink, this last drink, this little, last this last drop. Cheers. To them. Cheers.